Two weeks ago, Mike, we shared our first impressions of Zelda. I think at that point, we were 20, 25 hours into the game. Um, and we discussed, you know, the sort of the basic feeling of the game, how we felt about the open world uh, model of this Zelda, the exploration, you know, all of that stuff. But it's been two weeks. We've been playing more Zelda. And I thought now is the time that we sort of do a proper review we talk about the more advanced topics. We'll get to some story stuff, although I honestly don't really think I know what's going on, but maybe we'll get to that later. <laughs> um, but basically, like we're going to be talking about things that happen in the game. So if, you, if you're about, I don't know, 50 or 60 hours in, you're, you're going to be, be fine listening to this. We're definitely going to say some things you haven't come across because I think I've done some things in the game that Federico hasn't done, right? So, mm. like, we're even going to be spoiling little things for each other. But these aren't, like, oh, with plot twist, you know, we're giving you away the ending. But it's because this game is so huge, you know, th- there's going to be stuff in here that, that will be new to many people, but we're not going to be, like, completely destroying your experience. And basically, my thinking is, if you're many, many hours into Zelda, you'll be fine listening to this. If you still haven't played the game, um, or you've just started it, maybe you should come back to this in like a week or something, right? Like This is a really hard game for spoilers, and, and we'll talk about that, right? Because it is so incredibly vast, and there's so many things that you can and can't do in any order you absolutely want. It makes it really difficult. To, to be like, oh, you know, we know what's a spoiler and what isn't because we have no idea what people have played. But that's a really long preamble to say, we're going to talk about the game now. So if you don't want to listen to that, then pause this show, come back to it when you're ready. We just go play Zelda and then come back to the show. Exactly. And and for that reason, Shahid is not here because he's a proper adult and he's been busy and he hasn't let his life get overtaken by this game. So he, I think Shahid is pretty early on in this thing yeah. so he's not here because he will get completely spoiled because he's basically i don't even know if he's gotten out <laughs> got out of the great plateau yet we're just gonna tell him what the whole game is gonna be like like thank you guys you don't need to play anymore <laughs> we've given you the entire experience yeah well and actually you know it was a favor for shade but he said no thanks so he's busy working and instead you and me we're, we're gonna gonna talk about zelda we're gonna talk about this crazy awesome game that nintendo made should we start off by kind of detailing where we both are in the game to set some context for people that are playing so i'm 70 hours into the game uh the the nintendo switch profile thing says i'm 70 hours or more and i've done uh 37 37 shrines and uh i've I've done all of the Divine Beasts, mm-hmm. uh, and I still haven't uh, gone to Hyrule Castle. What I mean, are you in, doing right now, then? So I'm sort of taking my time to do some uh, few things. Um, first, uh, of all the memories that you collect, which I'm going to talk about later, uh, I think there are, there are 10 or 12 memories, mm-hmm. and I've done five, so basically like half of them. Right. Um so I need to finish uh, finding the locations of the memories in the in the camera. Then I've spent a lot of time to get to the point where I could get the Master Sword early in the game. I got the Master Sword at like two Divine Beasts. 
So I've done the final two with the with the you know with the master sword in my hands, and uh, to do that, I sort of uh, I I did some shrines, and then I traded my stamina uh, for heart containers. You know, there's like the that statue in Kakariko Village where you can uh, sort of make a pact with the devil and trade your stamina for hearts and vice versa. I had no idea. There's like a statue. Oh, okay. Because I knew there was a, there's a statue where you can, you go once you've... Um, yes. You, you collected up the, the, the shrine things. Yes, when you have like four... But there's speeds. one way you can go and be like, I'll take away two of my hearts and give me stamina instead. Yes, there's one where you go and it's like a, a darker version of the same statue. See, this is what we're talking about, spoilers, right? Like, Yes. I mean, I don't really think of it as a spoiler. You've given me a tip, but... Yeah, it's quite a handy, I had no idea this thing existed. Oh, yeah. So, basically, you go there, and here's how it works. You can trade in either a stamina... Uh, what's it called? Like a container or a something? A wheel. I think it's a wheel, they call it. Yeah, somewhere. but just one piece. You know, it's, oh, right. Yeah, yeah. You know? Okay. Like, vessel, maybe? Uh, vessel, yes. You can trade in a stamina vessel or a heart container. And you receive a hundred rupees. If you want to change it back, so you want to say, okay, I gave you a heart container, now I want a stamina vessel instead. It's going to cost you a hundred and twenty rupees. So basically, you can trade in for a cost of twenty rupees uh, out of your huh. wallet. And it's quite convenient because when I wanted the Master Sword, I traded in three stamina vessels. Which I, uh, you know, those were useful to me because, you know, it helps when you're climbing or when you're running. Normally, I would have kept them. But instead, because you need uh, 13 hearts, at least, to pull the Master Sword out of its seal, um, I went to Kakariko Village and the statue. I traded in three stamina vessels. I reached 13 hearts. I went to find the Master Sword, got the Master Sword, went back and traded in my my heart containers again to uh, get back the stamina vessels that I needed. So I, I sort of cheated in a way, maybe. It's the system, man. You just you just found a loophole. But that's the system, you know. There's a there's a way to exchange what you have in terms of stamina and hearts, and I took advantage of that to get the master sword. See, I have the master sword too. But you you didn't cheat. I got it by just grinding on like through shrines how many have you done so far uh 39 okay so like i have um i i had already done like one stamina upgrade right so i've well, no two i think so i've got like a quarter of the wheel right the second okay. wheel yeah um and then i just basically went and and continued to just go like knock through and knock through all the shrines i could find like searching the whole map for shrines until mm-hmm. I could get, and then I would like get enough. I would go and get a new heart. I'd go back to the Master Sword. I would die. Go find more. <laughs> go get a new heart. Come back to the Master Sword and I would die. Right. Like I kept doing this. <laughs> you didn't know there was uh, a, uh, like the minimum. I didn't know uh, what the, I knew there was a minimum. I just didn't know what the number was. Okay. Right. Because okay. like the animation is deceiving. Like every time you think you're going to get it. Um, and then, yeah, I have the Master Sword now. Um, where I am, and and I am uh, three divine beasts in. So. And the master sword is really, I mean, it's nice. It's not that great. <laughs> it's but it's not that great. It's got a like a strength of thirty. I have like five or six weapons that are better, um, statistically than the yeah. master sword. But I don't think it's. 
it, it is. I think it's the strongest um, one-handed sword that I have. Mm. So that's good, right? Because I prefer the one-handed swords because I get the shield. Yeah, and it's nice that it doubles uh, the strength when you're uh, facing like um, like a Ganon creature. Exactly, and that's what it's for, right? Like, that, yeah. the, you know, really, this sword is only supposed to be used for Calamity Ganon, right? Like, that's kind of I don't know the thing. Like, that's what the Master Sword's all about. Like, the, I guess the way you're supposed to do this game, right, is you do all the Divine Beasts, you go get the Master Sword, and then you immediately go kill Ganon, yes. right? Like, that's kind of like In the theory. through line. Yeah. But as we have said already, and everybody said as well, you just do whatever you want whenever you want to do it. Um, yeah. And I just decided, you told me you had the Master Sword, so I was like, oh, I'm going to go find it. And, like, <laughs> and I basically, what I did was, is I just, un- I unlocked all the map, right? Like, I just was, was, exploring all Hyrule to get... Is it called Hyrule? The whole area is called Hyrule? Yes. All right, yeah. Because I get a little bit confused with some of the names sometimes because they got... Yeah. Like Hylian and Hyrule, I get those mixed up. Yeah. No, that that is correct. Um. So I kind of... I went all over, right, Um. uncovering the map and trying to work out where I, I thought the Master Sword would be. And then there was just like this little forest area, you know, like <laughs> just this ne- just dark really area next to the castle. And I'm like, it's there. I know yeah. it's there. And yeah. that's really hard. Like that is a really hard. Oh, like the the maze with the with the fog and the yeah. trees. Yeah, that that took me a long time. Yeah, the Lost Woods are usually the they've always been sort of tricky to uh, unlock the Master Sword because it tends to be like this uh, sort of labyrinth that uh, resets mm-hmm. if you choose the wrong path, and it's been like um like a cliche of Zelda games to get through the Lost Woods and eventually find the Master Sword. But there's no clue. There's no clue. This time it's surprisingly tricky to figure out uh, because in in the past it used to be things like you can hear the music or uh, you know, there was a some sort of clue, very visible clue that you could follow. This time, for like the first couple of minutes, I tried to follow the, the torches, uh, like the the like the the fire, because I thought maybe this is the path. But then eventually the torches just stop, and so I basically just started walking until you know, and and if I saw the the fog was too much, I would just backtrack and try another path. And like after ten minutes, I found the Korok forest and the Master Sword. Which the Korok, I gotta say, they're super adorable. Um, are you collecting the the seeds, the the Korok seeds? By accident, you know. Like every now and then, I'll do something, and then I get one. And, and I, you know, they're, they're useful to collect. Yeah. Because it, being able to make my like inventory larger is good. So like I've done that a few times, right? Like I've I've had a few of the I've had a few of them now. Like like I've I've been able to upgrade my inventory a couple of times. Yeah, I I think Hestu the the Korok is is he like the the Korok boss? I don't know. I don't know what he is, man. Anyway, the, the Maracas dude uh-huh. uh, is, is hilarious. Uh, you know, the whole animation. is. I think Hestu is meant to be the new Tingle. Do, do you know who Tingle is? Yeah, yeah, I've, 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 yeah. The weird green costume elf, yeah. sort of. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I, I don't think there's any Tingle uh, in this game, but there's Hestu with the Maracas, which is, which is kind of nice. Um, the one, the thing that always makes me laugh whenever I do the, the upgrade is that. 
they put subtitles in for one of the musical cues as if he's singing <laughs> them, but it's a musical cue you hear all the time. Like you know, like the da da da, like it, 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 it yeah, it, it says da da da, and it yes. always makes me laugh. I'm like, why is he singing this? But every all the other time, who else is singing it? Is he always there? Who's yeah. singing that? I don't know. I don't know. It's one of the there's there are many uh, weird things in this game. Like, have you have you found the guy? Um, Robbie at the Akala Research Lab. Yeah, yeah. I mean, to 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 get to some of the places that I've been to, you you have to have the arrows, right? At least you you know because the guardians will just just screw yeah. you up otherwise. Yeah. So getting to the research lab is the only way in this game to uh, buy the guardian material. And one of the reasons that I that I, I don't want to say I wasted time, um, but that I still just wandering around is. I've been collecting a lot of money to be able to buy Guardian Arrows and Guardian Equipment and to also upgrade that equipment. Yeah. So I have a Guardian uh, Armor uh, at the second level and I got to do the third upgrade. And I also have a bunch of Guardian weapons. And um, in in the spirit of I'm going to do things that maybe I'm not supposed to do right now, in the first... Uh, maybe 20 hours or 30 hours i went to i went to the gerudo desert um and i i just started walking i didn't even have heat protection and eventually i found this huge maze i don't know if, if you ever seen this in the game there are like these islands with just a big maze oh you talk about the labyrinth yes the labyrinth shrine yeah yeah i've been there but uh i i I ran out of equipment and I had to leave. Yeah, for, somehow I managed to finish one uh, very early in the game, which gave me access to this um, sort of the barbarian uh, armor and a very powerful sword. And basically the game uh, from that point on uh, has sort of grown exponentially because with that powerful weapon, I've been able to get more powerful stuff very early on. And so doing, especially doing the final, the two final divine beasts has been super easy. And so I'm thinking, because I've already actually been to Hyrule Castle. I've, I've been in the back of the castle um, to get the Highland Shield, which is the most powerful shield in the game. And I already have that. So I'm thinking that, <laughs> I'm thinking it has like a defense of 90. It's absurd. Jeez. And it, and it's basically, a lot of people are saying it's basically non-destroyable. Um, so I'm thinking that the final fight shouldn't be too hard for me. I just gotta stock up on on guardian arrows because the the entire um, Hyrule Castle area is filled with with the with the guardians. Yeah, so, I've already I've already walked up to it. I, I walked up to it today. To, I w I went the closest to the castle yeah. that I've been. Um, like nope. <laughs> I picked up a couple of guardians. Uh, I got a shrine, and then I just like teleported out of there. Yes, <laughs> it's nice when when there's like two guardians and you start seeing the lasers and you're like, okay, I'm just gonna yeah, do I'm the gonna fast travel here. now. Yeah. <laughs> so I want to talk about some specific points with you, Mike. Yeah, because that there are a couple of like key areas that are worth talking about. I think, um, but we kind of set the stage where we are, right? You know, I'll just refresh. I'm sixty hours in. Um, I've done about thirty nine shrines, three divine beasts. And um, I, where I am right now, like I'm kind of like 
slowly making my way to my final one of the Divine Beasts. I've basically just decided I was going to go exploring for a while. Because I I kind of was not getting bored, but I was like, no, I don't want to go along this line. I feel like the, you know, I feel like I was getting too caught up in doing what the game wanted me to do, and I was Mm -hmm. like, no, I'm gonna go do my own thing. Yeah. And then I like unlocked the whole map, and like you know, went found all the towers, and then started finding shrines. Then I found a couple of really cool things. There's one thing that I found, which I'm gonna talk about later on, which I don't think you found yet, and it's maybe my favorite thing in the game so far. Okay. So there's there's a little experience that you can do and, and I, you might know about it but i don't know if you've experienced it but we'll talk about that later but before we uh, dive into some more specifics about zelda uh let me take a moment to thank squarespace for sponsoring this week's show you can enter the offer code insert coin at checkout and you'll get 10 percent off your first purchase make your next move with squarespace they let you easily create that website for your next idea and it can be any kind of website maybe you want to create a blog to talk about all of the ways that you have encountered Zelda beasts and creatures. You can do that. Maybe you want to create a portfolio to show off your fan art or an online store to sell your strategy guides. No matter what it is, Squarespace is the all-in-one platform that will let you do just that. There's nothing that you need to install. You don't have to worry about keeping anything up to date or like you don't have to go to worry about security upgrades. They do all of that. You don't have to worry. And all of it's backed up with a 24-7 customer support team. They're there for you if you need any help. You can also grab a domain name at Squarespace. And you can also take advantage of their beautiful award-winning templates to help you show off your great ideas. Squarespace plans start at just $12 a month. And you can sign up for a free trial today with no credit card required by going to squarespace.com. Then, when you decide to sign up, use the offer code INSERTCOIN at checkout. You'll get 10% off your first purchase and show your support for Remaster. We thank Squarespace for their support of this show and Relay FM. Squarespace, make your next move, make your next website. I wanted to ask you, Mike, what do you think overall of the entire weapon upgrade management and destructibility uh, issue, let's say? Uh, Because I see a lot of people complaining about the fact that Weapons are not permanent in this game. So, it is frustrating that they break, but there are weapons everywhere, right? Yeah. And it it just takes a bit of management. Like, if I come across a super powerful weapon, I just don't use it, right? Like, I I use it, I keep it, right, (laughs) when I need it. Like, I got this this weapon, it's like a 50, and it's this... It, it's like this big stone two-handed thing. like Oh, yeah. Right? Like the club, the dragon bone club? No, maybe? no. It, it's like a sword made out of stone. Oh, um, the the boulder breaker. Yeah, something like that. But it's a. Yeah. I have a couple of them. One's a 30 and one's a 50. I can't, yeah, I can't yeah. remember where I got it. But like, I'm now able to take down those, you know those big Cyclops giant things? Yes. The, I take the those s- things down like you wouldn't believe for that thing. Yeah. But I keep yeah. it for that, right? Like, I keep that weapon for those guys. And when I'm fighting, like, Lysels and, and whatever, like, the regular dudes, I'm using, like, a regular sword or, like, I'll pick up a club from something. You know, like, yeah. I always have something super low level for the skeletons. You ju- I just learn, you know. Oh, I just, I just hate this case. I mean, they're fine for me because they're super easy to beat, and you get the resources. You know, and like they're just so annoying. Are you? Do you? I mean, I collect up everything I find. Yeah, yeah, yeah. for sure. Everything, because you know, I, I make a bunch of elixirs, but I have so many of those claws and stuff. You get good money for those in some areas, right? So, like, I just sell a bunch of them off, like sell like sixty at a time or something. Um, my favorite weapon in the whole game is the, um, I think it's called the. 
Try Lysol Boomerang. It's, okay. It's one of the... I'm saying that right. Lysol, right? Like those lizard guys. I, I just call them the, the lizards. Yeah, I'm the lizard sure. guys, right? Some of them... They, there's two types of boomerangs that they have. One is more regular boomerang shape. And then yes. one of them has three points. That is my yes. favorite weapon in the whole game. Why? <laughs> because it's so versatile, right? Mm. Because you can... It's, it's a one-handed weapon, which are my favorite weapons, because I can use the shield. Because I much prefer to use the shield than trying to jump around and dodge people. Like, I do a bit of that, but I much prefer using a shield and a mm. one-handed weapon. It's just better for my fighting style in the game. But you can throw that thing at people, right? And then it's so badass when you throw it, kill someone and catch it. I love it. I love that weapon. It's a great weapon. They're like, the, you know, you can get some of them that are in kind of like the 25 to 30 range. Yeah. That's that's a good weapon. I, I'm always very happy when I see those. Whenever I see the lizard guys and they've got bow and arrow, I'm super mad. I'm like, oh man, where's your good weapon? Yeah. Yeah, I'm a I'm a big sword guy myself. I just love the yeah. to have like a sixty or seventy two handed sword and just like crashing enemies. I'm getting right. uh I'm getting better at dealing with those, like just from a uh battle perspective, you know, like I, I earlier in the game like I just wouldn't use them because I would immediately get killed but now like I'm getting them to be strong and I'm kind of like timing my moves a little bit better um, I'm getting better at using those and that's mainly because I've been doing where I've been going through so many shrines I've been bumping up against tests of strength quite a bit and really like those tests of strength you need the big weapons to take those to win those right like I've found mm-hmm. um, at least it's the most efficient way without like just depleting your entire arrow stock. Um, so yeah, I've been getting better at it. But you know, in general, the destructibility thing is it's it's frustrating, but it doesn't it doesn't annoy me too much. Maybe you know, maybe because I don't have like a. To me, this is really this is the most I've what this is the most I've played any Zelda game. So for me, Zelda weapons break right. Like, it's just what I'm used to. The management is fine. Um, I hate when you have to like make a Sophie's choice type of situation. Right, like you've come across this new weapon, and you're like, "Oh, I've got to get rid of something," but like, you know, I have all these weapons for reasons, you know. And then now I don't have any. Uh, I was overjoyed at the moment when I realized I could break open, you know, like those boulders where you get the jewels. Yes. When I realized I could do those with bombs, I'm like, "Oh, I don't have to keep a sledgehammer with me all the time now." <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. So I think it is annoying where um, when you're during a fight when a weapon breaks and yep. you like you need to stop the fight and just switch to a different one because the game doesn't automatically advance you to the next weapon yeah i wish it did something like that but I, i've gotten kind of good at just like hitting the button quick making the quick selection and i'm ready to go again you know i like that you can make those selections and it pauses the game when you're making selections of inventory that's right. that, you know yeah i mean that's you know, I would have gone crazy otherwise. I think. It, it would have, that would have been a fundamental problem. Like yeah, that because it puts yeah. so much, so much, so much anxiety on yeah. having to choose weapons. I think some games do that. Sort of when you're browsing the inventory, the game is actually going on in the background, and yeah. I just I don't I, I don't like that. Yeah, and um, I think overall, um, there another of my uh, annoyances with the with the weapon system, which I like overall. I'm a fan of the fan that you sort of need to think about which weapons to keep and, you know, stuff like that. Uh, I mean, this is super silly, but uh, <laughs> I don't like it when I need to figure out which weapon is going to cut down a tree or not. And I've wasted so many spares and 
other weapons on trying to cut down trees <laughs> because I'm just hitting the log. And if, <laughs> if tree cutting is that important to you, you need to just get an axe, man. Yeah, I get, I tried to get axes, but it's like I don't understand why. Why if you have like a sledgehammer, it do- doesn't cut down a tree. It just seems so unrealistic. No, sledgehammer. What a sledgehammer would not cut. That is not an efficient way to cut a tree down. You're just you're just smashing a tree. You it's know, a, it's a <laughs> I don't think a sledgehammer would would fell a tree very easily. We should we should try we should try in, in real life right. to get a sledgehammer and and you know get find a sledgehammer and axe. You can use the sledgehammer. I'll use an axe, and we'll see who gets the tree down quickest. Okay. And another thing that I that I like, but that I also wish had been expanded a little more. Um, so there are no user defined upgrades. So you cannot take a weapon and say, I want to make this weapon stronger. There are chances where that you will find a weapon with uh, with some different attributes. So the same weapon can be a regular one, or you can find some, usually in treasure chests, uh, that have like increased attack or increased durability, for example. And there's like a little badge next to the weapon's name. Uh, but you cannot do these upgrades on your own. I would have liked uh, a system where there's like some sort of lab and you and you go there, or maybe even the Great Fairies. Uh, um, you go there, you provide some materials and you can upgrade your weapons. Uh, there's some of these in place. So some special weapons, usually the ones that you get from the from the uh, like the the head of a village, like the Zora domain or the the, the Goron city. Those special weapons um, can be sort of recreated if you bring a diamond and s- some other resources to the to the craftsman of the town. They can remake the weapon for you. Um, and I think this is meant to sort of make some weapons coming from those towns more special than other generic weapons in the game. Mm-hmm. And, and of course, there's also the Master Sword, which cannot be broken. But I would have liked to see some too upgrade your weapons. I thought that it could break and then regenerates. That's what the tree told me. The Master Sword can... Uh, I don't think they call it breaking. It sort of loses its power. Uh, and, okay. then it, and then it regenerates after a while. This happened to me on a bunch of occasions, uh, actually. Ah, okay. And there's like this sort of explosion, kind of similar to when a, to when a weapon breaks, but it tells you your Master Sword has lost power. And now you gotta wait for it to. So you still recover. keep it in your inventory. Um, it's basically um, you can see it; it's grayed out in the inventory, right. but it's no longer an option in the quick access menu. Um, it just the, sits there waiting for it to build power yes. back up again. Yes. So anyway, I think overall I like the weapon system. I I think that making weapons destructible uh, it adds. Uh, a strategic component to the game that is directly tied to the exploration. So you're exploring to find better weapons because your weapons break. So you need to explore, you need to discover new areas, you need to kill enemies to get to the treasures uh, and to get better weapons. I think it's a genius system, sort of a virtual cycle in a way. Um, but I the, think that uh, it would have made it less fun in a way to have the same they have this big world yeah, this ever-changing yeah. world and then i just have this one sword the whole time yeah i know it's just the rpg fanning me once upgrades for everything basically yeah that's a problem <laughs> I, w- I would like upgrades 
but I would still want them to break eventually, right? Like upgrading them extends their life or whatever, you know. But uh, I, the idea of oh, like you know, you could pay a ton and it's unbreakable, becomes unbreakable, right? Mm. But I, I like that there is the idea of because basically, like, I would just be using the boomerang the whole time. Right, because it's my favorite weapon. <laughs> just, just well, Mike Hurley, a boomerang man. I'm a boomer- I am a boomerang person. Yeah, what can I say? But like, I'm trying out, you know, swords that shoot thunder out of them, and you know, like, I, there's more variety, and and I pick my weapon for each fight, and and it, yeah, oh, the it, you know the thunder, the thunder weapons, man, Ooh, are yeah. glorious. They are they're, incredible. They're, they're amazing, and like when you get the thunders out of the. the do you have the big sword? I, like I the, had the big sword. The big sword oh, is now dead. So out of immense luck, I got the big thunder sword with the durability up attribute. Mm. And that is amazing because it never breaks. <laughs> I I had it. Um, I picked it up in a uh, major test of strength. Now, I, I just love those. Those are amazing. And But it, is, it has... Uh, since since departed <laughs> <Been destroyed. me. laughs> that is very sad I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm so sorry um what do you think of the the other system of the game which is the cooking and the collecting uh, resources because you you you, you unlike me you come from a mine, very strong minecraft background mm-hmm. uh you play the game more than i did and so i kind of want want to know how do you feel about this sort of mini Minecraft inside Zelda. At first, I was like, this is dumb. And I was kind mm. of ignoring it, right? Like, I went for a long time without making anything. <laughs> <laughs> you had surprisingly hard time making uh, the fireproof elixirs. Because all I had really paid attention to, so I didn't do anything for a while. Then I started making food. I just wasn't really sure how you made an elixir. Like... The game never explained to me really mm-hmm. like the, what it takes to make an elixir, like the components and what I should be looking for and collecting. Um, and then, you know, I, when you actually collect a butterfly, it tells you what the butterfly is used for. But yeah. otherwise, I would never know to collect the butterfly, right? Like that was something that I kind of had to work out as the time went on. Um, and now, like you know, what I tend to do is like I'll go around and collect a bunch of stuff, and I will cook big things before I go out, to, you know, to do something. Right, like I'll go on like a foraging mission and make sure I get all that I need before I go out on some kind of, before I go to a divine beast or like if I'm gonna go on some big quest that I've decided mm-hmm. to do, you know, I might stock up on stuff because I don't know what I'm gonna face. I like the idea of the collecting. Um, I I actually quite like that. You know, I like going to the cold place to collect things that I'm gonna need to go to the hot place. Like I think that kind of thing's kind of fun. Yeah. You know. Um, and so I, I like that kind of aspect. It's part of the adventuring aspect. I I wish that the cooking thing uh, was quicker. Um, yes, yes. The the animation, you know, it's fine. But I like, mean, you can skip it, but it, there's but it still takes, a... takes the same amount of yeah. time. That's what I like. What it, what am I skipping? Like, just so you're making me not listen to the music. Um, because the the problem for me is like it's fine when I'm cooking one or two things, but when I'm like I'm aiming to make like twenty things. Like yeah. I have to set aside some real time to just get ready for the you know to to do that stuff and um I, it was also annoying like I know you can get recipes but I wished I didn't have to do that manually 
Yeah. You know, like I make something. If I've made something, that recipe should be saved. I shouldn't yes. have to do something to to then save the recipe. Yes, exactly. Yes. Uh, there should be a recipe book in the game where you can find a list of all your recipes, either the ones that you've uh, discovered accidentally by making them or the ones that you find in other people's recipe books and also the the ones that you find in posters on inside of the stables. Um, I've been taking pictures of recipes that I find and saving them in my album and that is obviously a workaround. There should be a native, just like there's a compendium in the game for animals and, you know, uh, other items, there should be a recipe book. The compendium annoys me. Why do I have to take uh, pictures? Why can't I just look at something through the camera? Why do I need to take a picture of it? I think it's uh, one of those features that you bring into the game to increase the time that people play and to sort of make it more difficult to hit a 100% completion rate. Yeah, no, I mean, so, like, I understand, that, like, I, I get it, right? Like, they want you to be looking at the... Yeah, I get it, right? Like, it extends it. But the the, the taking of the picture is what's annoying. I don't mind looking through the camera, mm-hmm. but why do I have to take a picture of a thing? I, I have a lot of questions about this sort of medieval society. Uh, being able to create a tablet and a and a camera, honestly. All right, well, see, but this this has got that Star Wars vibe to me. So they have a castle and they have villages. Yeah, yeah. This but is, they this also is have a tablets. long time ago in a galaxy far, far away, right? Like it's that kind of idea. It's like mm. it is different types of history and, and all that. So like, because, for example, one in one shrine, I pick up a pair of rubber trousers, right? Yeah, and it says that the rubber comes from... What, it's an what ancient does it say? technology no longer... Yeah. It's an ancient material no longer found. Right. Yeah, it's not possible. <laughs> like, wh- if you have tablets and if you have, you know, this uh, complex machinery such as the Divine Beasts, why don't you have cars? Yeah, but the thing is, what the thing to remember is the Sheikah Slate, that is an ancient thing in the time that we're playing the game. So you think the, today's people in the, in, the, in the game are no longer able to replicate the, the, the tech? No, because there's been an apocalypse, effectively. Ganon has destroyed Hyrule, right? So, like, the technology is no longer there anymore. So the Sheikah people had computers, maybe. Well, they they had their, you know, the combination of magic and technology that creates the stuff like the Sheikah State, right? Because it is magic. It's magic. You Don't know? we all want the magic and the technology? Yeah, we like. all do, yes. Yeah, it's it's, uh, it's the, the marrying of those two things. But it's like, you know, it's, it is... There was obviously a, a magical race, the Sheikah, who were mm-hmm. able to create this technology with whatever it, you know, however it was, but that is now seen as an ancient thing because it was a hundred years ago, um, and you know, Link is the only person that has it because it was left with him when he was put mm-hmm. into the chamber, right? Like, mm-hmm. so it's like it, it's that weird, like old, new, future, past, yeah. you know? Yeah. So the old, the old, the ancient people they had cameras, uh, tablets. And rubber, I mean that 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 that's amazing, honestly. And bombs that they could withdraw from there anywhere. Really. <laughs> uh, so the cooking system, I think, it would be better. Uh, besides having a recipe book, I think there should be a way to uh, quickly remake an existing meal if you have already unlocked a recipe. Basically, I just want to stand in front of the cooking pot and I want to select a meal like an existing one that I have. And I want to have a button that says, make more of these. 
Yeah, I, and I'm totally fine with traveling to a cooking pot that it has to be lit, right? Like yeah. all of that stuff I'm cool with. That's fine. It's just the, if I already know how to make a meal and if I have the ingredients, don't let me pick them manually every single time. So choose one or the other. Choose manual inventory management or animation. Don't do both, right? Like yeah. I have to go in and pick out all of these things individually and drop them into the pot. Then don't make me animate it. Or animate it, but don't make me go into the... You know, like, you, as you say, like, you just press a button and it's like, what do you want to cook? You just click that one. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Because there are other parts of the game where that is how you do things, right? Like, yeah. when you're getting armor upgrades, you don't pull all the springs in your hand and throw them at the fairy or whatever. She no. just does it, you know? Yes. <laughs> Imagine that. Um, so, I, I gotta say that there's a... It is fun to sort of play around with ingredients and trying to come up with ideas. And a lot of times I just, I guess I lucked out and I was like, okay, maybe if I mix some rice with some meat, something's going to happen. And oftentimes it works. So you get what you're guessing you're going to get. So the game is sort of plausible in this sense. Um, But I just want to have a special mention for lizards. Because I need to say that I hate. I just, I just hate catching lizards. They are the hardest to catch of everything. Have you caught fairies? You caught any fairies? Uh, three of them, but I have They're a strategy. I have a strategy. So you know, there's a there's a great fairy fountain in the Akala region uh, yep. next to the research lab. Yep. So what I do is, <laughs> I teleport to the shrine. From the shrine, there's a cliff. And from the cliff, you can see the fountain. So I paraglide over the fountain, and then I drop on top of the fairies, and I just catch them. <laughs> it's like, they don't see me coming. Well, I just do the sneaking, man. It's all about the sneaking. Uh, I got bored with the sneaking. Oh, I like, the, I like the, uh, the anticipation, you know? You would, have been, you would have been an amazing fan of Metal Gear Solid. I love Metal Gear. Oh, you played Metal Gear? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. I stopped at like three because I kind of got. Oh, ah, okay. Them. Okay. Yeah. It's, I, sometimes I just get bored. There's a there's a shrine quest in the. Have you done this in the, in the Lost Woods after you get the Master Sword? Uh, you gotta follow this Korok guy without uh, being seen. No, I haven't done that. Oh, it's super annoying. I've done the gotta, one with the wooden with wooden tools, wooden weapons. No, I haven't done that one. There's one where like they take all your weapons away from you, and they're just like, "Here's some wooden weapons. Get oh, no. through this." And it's like a no. gauntlet. Yeah. No, I had no idea. You get them back when it's done. Oh, okay, okay. Um, speaking of the shrines, um, so there are 120 of them, I uh-huh. think. Um, and I have a preference for the basic ones. Uh, I've never been a huge puzzle-solving guy. Yeah. My favorite shrines are the ones where you have to do something before, and then they just, you know, like, the, the, the they're like, your test was already done. You just get rewarded. Oh, yes. Yes, I like those ones, too. I gotta yeah. say, yes. Uh, like, here's a, like, you're already proving your strength. Yeah. Here you like go with some, with some rewards. Yes, mm-hmm. I like those. Um, I need to, I need to say that I, Jedi, really deeply despise the motion control ones. I've got a hack for you here, right? 
to do okay this. because i saw i saw on twitter i think john syracuse are saying there's a there's there's a workaround i don't know about a workaround but the way that i do them is you just take the blue joycon off of the of whatever you're doing right and just mm. move the blue joycon because that's what the motion is coming from i've worked out it's the blue joycon well okay i say blue the one on the right okay so you just take one on okay. the right off and then you hold it you just hold it Right, you position it huh. in your optimum position. You press A, and then it, wherever your default, wherever your hand is, then is the default position. It's way easier to move around. So you screen because mm. my issue I've had is like sometimes you're putting the screen over the back of your head, and it's like, well, now what's the point? I can't see anything. The blue Joy-Con I have found seems to be the one that controls the motion for these. Oh, nice. Or the I, right Joy-Con, I should say, because my I should try that. I should so try, try that. that. Try the right Joy-Con. Just detach it, and it's way easier. But what I do like about the trance is there's usually multiple approaches you can try to solve things and not just to solve the main challenge which is usually kind of restricted to one way to solve the puzzle but like to get all of the treasure chests inside of a shrine and to sort of complete it 100% you can try different things like there was a shrine where I was supposed to make uh, this huge um, sort of uh, this huge uh, rock fall into um, uh, sort of this pit with a how do you call it with like this pit with a with a with the center it's orange and then it becomes yeah there's the markings on it and yeah you get the orange and the orange it goes yeah. blue and I thought that the game wanted me to solve it in a specific way um, but I did it in another one so the game wanted me to sort of make it uh, follow a path. Instead, I just started, uh, I stopped the time. I did this too, just smashed the hell out of it. I, I smashed it, and I just made it fly yep. there. I had the same thing, like, hole in one, like, I did it too. I just, just don't want to do this thing, I don't want to do this. It's the one where there's all those, like, big stone boulders just, like, falling down the ramp at you, right? Yes, yeah. yes, and it's like, I, I don't want to do this, I don't want to think about this, I just go there for me. So I appreciate, you know, that uh, we talked about this two weeks ago, that the physics engine makes this more credible. And it's not just physics to impress you, to be like, oh, look how realistically this tree is being cut down. Uh, but you can actually use physics to your advantage. And I think that's that's a beautiful thing to have in a, to have in a Zelda game. I saw a video um, from Nick Robinson who works at Polygon. And you know the... Um the the flying uh the flying one of the divine beast the the Rito one yeah which was my favorite that I've done so far but I thought the puzzles the most interesting mm. you know that one of the things you have to do is like there's a bunch of things where you have to you take these balls right and yes. you put these two balls in the oh, two I areas saw, I saw that the guy I think who I did retweeted the... it he just put all of his metal instrument like all that of his like genius. shields and swords lined them all up. And then was able to send the electricity from part to part and then just put a treasure chest on one of them and it activated it. It was genius. He couldn't find the second... Uh, I think he couldn't be bothered. <laughs> he couldn't yeah. be bothered to find the second conductive ball. So he, he just used the, the physics of metal uh, and the weapons. And the conductive electricity. And it yeah. Worked. And that is genius because it, it shows you not just the creativity of this person. I wish I had thought of that. 
Uh, and actually, I'm seeing all of these tweets of things that people cleverly discover. Yeah. And every time I'm like, oh, man, I wish I tried that. How can I be so stupid? <laughs> um, but it sort of speaks to the game's uh, essence of we have this sort of this world that reacts in a credible way to a lot of things that you will actually do in the real world. So if you have this, you know, let's assume that you, Mike, have this huge electric ball uh, you know in your house um you probably wouldn't want to put you know metal stuff next to it if there's electricity going to to this object yep. because you know you're going to create this huge <laughs> stream of electricity just going around and in the game you can and some people think of those uh, those things I don't, uh, but it's funny to see the tweets and the videos. I think uh, one of one of the best things that could happen to this game is the is how things are going viral in terms of here's what I discovered. Like the other day, I saw a guy who managed uh, to make a guardian fight with one of those um, stone talus um, yeah, cyclops things. I've seen that, and that was incredible. Um, and there was the guy who uh, invented, I think, the fast travel by <laughs> sitting uh, on a rock and using the uh, the stasis rune <laughs> to, to fly alongside the rock. And, you know, all of these things, uh, you see the videos on Twitter, you see the GIFs, and it's amazing. And it, it, it makes Zelda not the static, um, sort of very heavy-handed in terms of developer guidance game that it used to be. Yeah. All right, we still have a bunch of things that we want to get through, so let me take our second break and thank Blue Apron for sponsoring this week's show. Blue Apron is the number one recipe delivery service that has the freshest ingredients, and for less than $10 a meal, you'll be able to have beautiful home-cooked food because Blue Apron delivers seasonal recipes along with fresh, high-quality ingredients. Their mission is to make home cooking accessible to everyone whilst also supporting a more sustainable food system. They set the highest standards for ingredients whilst building a community of home chefs. Each Blue Apron meal comes with step-by-step, easy-to-follow recipes. They come on these great little cards, and all of their ingredients are proportioned as well, so you just get what you need. You don't get anything more. You get nothing less, and every meal can be prepared in less than 40 minutes. Blue Apron Seafood is sourced sustainably. They have developed uh, standards in partnership with the Monterey Bay Aquarium Seafood Watch. Their beef, chicken, and pork come from responsibly raised animals, and their produce is sourced from farms that practice regenerative farming. None of their recipes are repeated within a year, and you get to choose from a variety of new recipes every week. Or you can let Blue Apron's culinary team surprise you. Right now, you can choose from food like pork chops and miso butter with bok choy and marinated apple, spinach and mozzarella gnocchi with cheesy garlic bread, or maybe even melted leek and fontina focaccia pizza with Brussels sprouts and lemon ricotta. Blue Apron delivers to 99% of the continents of the US. There's no weekly commitment, so you can only get the deliveries when you want them, and their freshness guarantee means that every ingredient arrives ready to cook, or they'll make it right. Check out this week's menu and get three meals for free with your first purchase, including... Free shipping by going over to blueapron.com slash remaster. You're going to love how good it feels and tastes to create incredible home-cooked meals with Blue Apron. So don't wait. Visit blueapron.com slash remaster. And we thank them for their support of this show and Relay FM. Blue Apron, a better way to cook. So have you unlocked all of the map 
areas. Regions yeah, the whole thing. The whole thing. Okay, the whole. Me too. Me too. Um, and I should say, I tried not to cheat too much and look up stuff on YouTube and the guide mm-hmm. because I. Do you have the the official guide? Yeah, the big, hardbound, beautiful one. Yeah, and there's a there's a map inside with all of the shrine locations. Yeah, and I try to not look it up. I've looked at the guide, uh, not not for map stuff so much, but like when I've gotten stuck, you know, and yeah. I'm like, I'm I don't know how to do this. So like, if I'm in a divine beast and I'm like, yeah, I'm stuck. Like I've tried this like 20 minutes and I'm stuck. I use the guide because the guide helps me move forward, and then I don't get frustrated with the game, you know. Yeah, um, there's been a couple of points, um, especially early on, where I couldn't figure out. Okay, what do I do next? Where exactly, I had to look, yeah. I had to look it up because, I, I mean, uh, I'm all for, um, you know, sort of serendipitous discovery, but I also have a job <laughs> and I don't yeah. want to waste, a, you know, just a couple and of also, hours being like, stuck. You know, I found that I became more adventurous and more explorative after I w- went through a little bit of the ge- the you know, the, the chosen route of the game. You know, I felt like I needed to learn some of the mechanics yeah, as they were yeah. being shown to me a bit more, you know? Yeah. I think I left the plateau too early. Yeah, me too, but I think most people do this yeah. anyway. Yeah. Because you, you just you just see, you know, the rest of the world, you know, from yeah. the top, and you're like, man, I want to go there. And then you <laughs> immediately get murdered by a... Yeah, there's there's immediately a bunch of <laughs> ugly enemies waiting for you. Yeah. I remember the first time I uh, paraglided from the plateau, there was this huge, uh, what's it called, the 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 moblin, like the big the, the big one, you know? Yeah, yeah, that looks that kind of has got the animal's head, right? Like the long yes. nose, like like sort of like a pig, but it's yeah. tall and it walks on two legs, um, and. Uh, I remember the first time I had like this tiny sword, uh, probably a wound shield, and there's this guy with this huge stone club <laughs> coming at me. I'm like, nope, I need to get out of here. Yeah. Um, that said, the map is huge, um, and it's, it's massive. really it's massive. It's, it's massive. It's like an it's like a country, man. It's I don't know. It imagine that there's like how designing this. How long did it take for Nintendo to make this game. The thing is, like, what so de- is also deceptive about the map is um, it's wide, but the game is also tall, right? Yes. Like, there is so much stuff to climb and so many mountains to cover that it takes longer sometimes than you would think because there's just different topology. It's it's incredible. Yeah, and it's just so much stuff going on and one of our concerns coming into this game was uh, it's a big beautiful open world but we're gonna get bored and I think just if you maybe if you take the time and this is something that you told me if you try to not fast travel but maybe use a horse or maybe just walk and explore you you come across so many different things whether it's uh, other characters or walking and you know just you can talk to them or enemies or you can catch bugs and other animals um, the map is huge and it's not just there to prove a point but it's like this living world with filled with stuff to do um, I'm very impressed and I don't think I'll I'll ever be able to to sort of know the map like I won't be able to to know every single nook and cranny of this game because it's just too massive 
there is not really a story to this game. Yeah. Like, there is one, but it's too hard to work out because because of the way that you interact with the game, like, there are cutscenes, but they're happening in a completely random order. Sometimes Zelda wants Link to be around. Sometimes yeah. she hates him. Yes. Sometimes he's trying to save her. Sometimes yes. she gets mad about that. Sometimes mm-hmm. she needs his... It's it's too difficult for me to work out based on what I'm finding. Basically, the story... the sto- they, have, they have simplified the story to allow the open world to shine. You know, they, so the story is basically... A hundred years ago, we tried to do this and we failed. You've got to do it again. That's the story, right? In a nutshell. And... They've made it, I think, that simple because if it was more complicated, you would have to follow the game through the way that it should be done. Right. And right. that would make it a worse game. Yeah, instead it's been split up in these little modular pieces uh, with the memories and, you know, with the with the divine beasts where you know that there's a background, but it's really about, the you know, the world and talking to people and doing the, the quests. Um, and I kind of miss, especially, you know, coming from the old Zelda games, I kind of miss having the uh, unified storyline and the, like an actual plot, but I, I guess you, you cannot have both, you know, it's one of those things you want to have the open you world, can. you want to have, you can, they just haven't, you this think is, so? they, yeah, because, you know, a game like Grand Theft Auto, I mean, it is more boxed in as an open world game, but it's mm. all story. It's all story, you know, maybe even to a fault at times. Like, there is there is a middle ground, um, which, which they could have gone for, but, but I think Nintendo did the right thing. They put the focus in the right areas, and they tried to make the best open world sandbox game that they could make, and they did mm. that. They've done that. They have succeeded on every single front with that. Um, but I, I think the casualty of that in this instance for them has been a, a large cohesive story. The, like the story is there, but it's impossible to follow unless you go A to B in the game, I think. And I also kind of, uh, yeah, I agree. And I, and I wanted to have some background as to why Calamity Ganon is, is so upset and it would have been nice to hear from from the other side, uh, kind of what why you why are you so mad? What his motivations, you know? Like, why, why is he? Like I know. get it. Like I get it. You like to kill people and you like taking over this uh, region and the castle and everything. Well, why? Like why? Like, I you know? I don't even know what Ganon is. Oh, so, okay. okay. Right. Like I have no idea. I mean, and I, I think they that that it's done in a specific way. It's meant to be that way, right? Because they show cave paintings and stuff, right? Like, it, yeah. they do that in an interesting way. Like Ganon is going to be a reveal to me. I don't even know what Ganon looks like. No, me ne- me yeah. neither. In in this game, in this oh, game, right? Yeah, I yeah. Um, I've seen Ganon and other forms of Ganon before, but I don't know in this game because you just see the painting and uh, you just see like when you find that uh, the Rito uh, bird guy, uh, Cass, uh, you know, the the, the, the singer, the, the, the minstrel. The accordion uh, dude. Yeah. Yeah. And it tells you the stories of, you know, the, the battle from 10,000 years ago. So you see these little paintings of Ganon. Um, 
I would have liked to get some background, you know, on the whole thing, like the relationships between the champions of the divine beasts. Um, instead, you just get like four they th- cutscenes. They like throw these things in, like um, yeah. Is it what is is it Mida? Mida's grace? Is that what it is? Yes, yes. But like, there's like this whole romance thing between. Yeah, them that is yeah. like beautiful, just beautiful, like so touching. But I want more of that, you know, um, like. I honestly, I don't know what Zelda and Link's relationship is. I don't know me, what that relationship me is. Me neither, because right? in previous games, you get the idea that they eventually end up together. Because, you know, he's always saving her. It's one of those cliches of... Yeah, the, the know, Master the, Sword cutscene is the most telling, right? Right, Where right. she says to the Deco Tree, um, like, tell him I... And he's like, and I love that. I love the line where he's like, I think it'll be better coming from your voice. Yeah, so there's so much in that line, right? Where it's like, you think you're gonna die, you're not gonna die. He's gonna save you, right? Like yeah. you're gonna do this together. You're gonna take it down. You gotta hold off, right? And I, I like, um, I really like that. Whilst whilst Zelda is not in this game, she is powerful, right? Very she much. Is so. keep, for the last 100 years, she has kept Hyrule from destruction. Yeah. She Which is a beautiful Ganon message. out of the castle, right? Yeah. While she has waited for Link, because they could only do it together, right? Yeah. He needs her. She needs him. Her power is that she can stop Ganon. She can she can stop him, but she can't defeat him. It's like she can hold him off. Link needs to take him down, and I like that. I also really like that in some of the cutscenes I've seen, Zelda is in like warrior gear. Yes. You know, and she's off and she's trying to solve shrines, but like us, she could like one letter in. But like, I mean, there is, there is a story here, but it's not, it's not really shown to me. And, and, mm-hmm. and, and you know, I, I really don't like the memories thing um, because it's difficult to, to yeah, go and find them. It's difficult to find. I, I spent a lot of time manually finding the spots and just comparing the pictures from the album with what I was seeing. You can waste easily, you know, a couple of hours just to find one spot. Um, I did. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, and I, and I uh, you know, special shout out to Picango, who's the dude who's just traveling the world, uh, painting stuff very badly. It's sort of like the Bob Ross of the Zelda game. I have no um, idea what you're talking about. Picango, man, come on. The guy from Kakariko Village. He travels the world and every time he's painting... And you know that uh, is it called the Bob Ross, like the old? Yeah, yeah, no, TV I person? know, I know what that is. Okay, I've so, not come into contact with Picango. So Picango, you you talk to him and you show him the pictures of the memories, and he tells you, "Well, I've traveled the world, so I can tell you where this place oh. is. You can see the castle in the background, so maybe you should go to the northeast of this forest. Stuff like that gives you details, so you can go there and be like, okay, maybe I should listen to Picango and find this place." Huh. Um, and it's hilarious because if you sort of try to rotate the camera and you zoom into his picture, it's so bad. It's like <laughs> it's like That's a children. Nice it's like a child drawing, really. It's this old man with this. And it's just it doesn't it doesn't care. It just likes to paint, which is kind of beautiful. Anyway, so we have like a whole list of miscellaneous things here, and there's some stuff that I want to ask you about. But okay. Because you you have a great knowledge of this game, I want to see if I can surprise you with Event Eventide or Eventide Island. Have you been to Eventide Island? I, 
so I died before I could reach the the beach, basically, because I didn't have enough stamina. Right. I know so, what the deal is, I think. Let me tell you how you get there. Okay. There, by one of the shores, I think it's near a shrine, there is a boat. There is a raft. Oh, right? Yeah, I never used those. Do you know how? Uh, you need a leaf. You need a leaf. I think. Yeah. And there's, there's a leaf near it. Oh, okay. So you get on this boat and you start, you know, you, you sail over. When you arrive, they're like, we're going to test you mm. for you to, to complete this shrine. You're going back to basics. They take all of your armor, all of oh, your no. food, all of your supplies. Your entire inventory is wiped out. Oh, no. And you are barefoot in a <laughs> pair of shorts. That's it. No. <laughs> what do you do? You have to start from zero. And mm. there are a, a collection of um, enemies on the island. And you have to collect up three of those balls and put them into three different like holes to bring up a shrine. And you start off with, like, there is, like, on the beach... You walk along on the beach. There's a like a an oar like from a boat, which can be used as a weapon. So you, you knock out some enemies and you collect up supplies that you get, and then you go to some more enemies. You know, it's like starting from the beginning of the game again. It is like this little island, this this little experience that is a small, a mini version of the entire game. It's amazing. Because that's, it's like a fast progression. Because the last great. one, you have to get the last one of those balls from one of those Cyclops dudes. Oh no! You actually like it's very, it's very fast. The going from zero to this intense fight. Yeah, well, there's like there's kind of like four different areas of villains, right? And you get better weapons in each of them. But when you go into each of the fights, your weapons are never good enough. Hmm. Right, so it's like you kind That's of have great. to really—it's a test of your of the skills that you've learned because you cannot save, and if you die, you start over. Oh no! You straight up start over. Two times I got to the last thing, and then it's like, nope, died. You go back to the beginning again. Oh it's wow! Br- it's brilliant. It's one. Of, I think it might be my favorite thing that I've come across in the game so far, because it's like it is a test of all of the skills that you've learned. And, like, your resource management, because you're on pure basics. And, like, do you know how to cook? Have you worked out the cooking stuff, right? Like, well enough that you can work out what these ingredients are and how you will use them effectively. And, you know, there are, I think there's, like, 10, maybe 10 or 15 arrows on the entire island. And, like, you have to make sure you keep enough so you can take down the Cyclops guy at the end, like... There's an element of using your stealth to make sure that you don't get killed. You still get access to the Sheikah Slate, so using the runes, like, but you don't get any of, yeah, and you still keep um, any of the, you know, the the skills that you've got from the Divine Beast. But yeah, it's re- it's excellent. It's excellent. No, I got. Go I gotta try it. that. Yeah, I gotta like, try I think that. it's in the southeast, the far southeast. It's like off the coast. Yeah, I know where it is. I just died when I was swimming. In the ocean yeah, to get yeah, there. you can't swim there. Like it's yeah. super. You need like super stamina to swim yeah, there or yeah. to glide there. I tried gliding there and died. And then yeah. I then I then I saw a shrine and I went into the shrine. And then when I come out of the shrine, I was like, "Oh, there's a raft." Mm. And I was like, I, "I I thought you couldn't use them." And I was like, "You must be able to use them." And there was a leaf like basically next to it. I was like, "Ah, thank yeah, you, I Nintendo." Get, I got it. <laughs> um, so there are two favorite details um in in this game for me. Um, 
The first one is Beetle. Uh, Beetle, Beetle is the guy, like the merchant. Yeah. Uh, the guy who sells you things. Mm-hmm. And I just love how in every stable, he's always there. Uh, whether he's inside or outside in the freezing cold, he's always wearing shorts, kind of. <laughs> and you can, you can see him walking towards the stable. He's always working at every hour. And, and he's always so happy and so surprised to see you. Uh, probably because you're going to give him money. But still, um, Beedle is a recurring character. I think yeah. he was a, a Wind Waker and then maybe in Skyward Sword also. Um, uh, it's just hilarious, the you know the way that he talks and, and kind of the sound effects are just so funny. Uh, and I also love how... Did you know that the champion's tunic is actually the most powerful uh, armor in the game? I use it all the time because it's the most powerful that I have. Uh, if you upgrade, um, uh, y- you've up- upgraded it, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, with the dragon um, horns, you know, like the the scales and the uh, shards. Uh, I have upgraded it. I don't know if I've upgraded it to that level. So, uh, have you seen the dragons? I was going to ask you about these. I've seen okay. them, and I don't know what they are. I don't know what to do with them. Can you fight them? So you cannot fight them. The reason why they're just flying around at night. So those are the spirits of Hyrule, I think. Because I've and tried fighting them and they weren't having none of it. No, no, no. You can fight them. Uh, you're supposed to paraglide uh, next to them. Usually there's going to be this uh, current of air that mm-hmm. sort of blows you up. And you need to use um, the bow that you get from the Lionel type enemies, like the centaurs. Um, you know, oh, the, I haven't the, beaten any of those. They're incredibly uh, difficult. Yes, they are. So you need a bow that shoots three arrows. I have and, one of those, although it's about to die. Okay. Anyway, you need to get very close to the dragon, and you need to, when you're in the air, you shoot an arrow, so the time freezes, and you need to aim at the horn, and you're going to get a shard of the... Wow the dragon's horn, but there's an increased, the, like a second step to this, which is the, the shard, the fragment, is going to fly off. So <laughs> while you're falling, fa- yeah, while you're falling, <laughs> you need to keep an eye on where the shard is actually going. It's going to be like a yellow spot on the ground, or if you're trying to fight, I think it's called Farosh, the dragon uh, by Lake Hylia, you need to uh, keep an eye on where it's going into the water. So then you need to go there and get the get the item. They're super tricky because sometimes they don't drop the 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 shard that you need to upgrade the champion's tunic. Sometimes they just drop a scale, and the scales usually do nothing with them. Uh, you can offer them to some uh, sort of springs, but you don't get the good stuff. Um, there's a there's like a whole bunch of YouTube videos from people showing you the best spots to jump off and and mm. shoot arrows at the dragons, <laughs> which I highly recommend because it's such a huge huge waste of time. Also, another tip for you, Mike, if you decide to go after the dragons and to get the the shard of the of the horns, uh, get some uh, um, the flint and the bundles of wood so you can make a fire. You can sit by the fire and wait until midnight. So, you know, because the dragons only come out at night. 
Oh, um, okay. I thought it was can, random because I haven't been paying attention. No, no, it's usually now. it's usually between nine PM at midnight. Uh depends on the on the creature, I think. Uh so the best way is to just basically sit there, make a fire and wait if you don't manage the you know, the first night. It's super time consuming. And a lot of stuff in this game if you wanna get it if you wanna sort of do it a hundred percent. It's gonna be time consuming, and mm-hmm. realistically, this is a game that's probably you. You know, you cannot finish a hundred percent for months. I think if you play like a normal person. Mm-hmm. So how so do I, you beat the Lionels, man? <laughs> a lot of patience, and um, you first you need to um, be sort of skilled in the um, avoiding the physical attacks. Mm, um, okay, well, I'm not that amazing at that. Uh, then, when they throw um, the fireballs, uh, and the fireballs create, um, you know, the what's it called, the, like a the updraft, the updrafts. Yeah, uh, you go there and you paraglide up, and then you attack from the top. But really, the best way to is to have a good shield, to have a strong two-handed weapon. I think to stock up on on meals that extend your uh your heart you know like with yep. the yellow heart bonuses mm-hmm. and then you mix uh the two-handed weapon with arrows and you need to shoot the arrow in the face of the of the thing so it's going to put a stop to the creature for like a couple of seconds mm-hmm. and in those couple of seconds you go there and just fight it with a with a big sword at least that's what i do um and there are multiple types of Lionels. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there are the royal ones, I think they're called. It's, they're like white. They're just so tough. <laughs> so um, Anyway, the, the best um, uh, life extenders, like the yellow hearts, you get them with the, with the fruit that you find in the Pharaon forest. Yeah, I've I, seen those. Yeah. They're the, like the spiky fruit. Yes, that's the best one. Yeah. And they also fetch good bunny, so... Man, there's so much stuff we we cannot possibly cover. Well, we still haven't finished it. Yeah, and we can we cannot transform into the Breath of the Wild podcast. I I think. Yeah, I think honestly, I think this will this we have to finish it. Like you know, like, this is the last time that we're gonna do this for, for well, this for this well, game. What is it that they say that artists never finished, just abandoned? Yeah, like we're gonna keep playing <laughs> it, right? Like I'm gonna complete the story right like I'm, I'm gonna and i'm gonna keep playing this game i don't know how long for but i'm gonna keep playing you, it right you, you're never gonna finish this game especially you know you with the expansion. The story. you, you yeah. finish the story you never complete the game you just get tired of it I yeah think. so like eventually but, but we can't we can't keep doing it right we could we just <laughs> no. we could just keep doing this forever <laughs> it is incredible right like it's just one it's just an absolutely wonderful video game like it's yes everything i want in a video game it's 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 perfect for me i i honestly couldn't imagine that i was going to be spending 70 hours on zelda in two weeks if you ask me i don't know three months ago mm-hmm. i was going to be very skeptical i was like you know maybe i'm just gonna finish the game in a couple of weeks in like 30 hours and here I am, seventy hours in, and you know I don't want to finish the game, and I have still so much to do. Um, I don't know. It's it, it it is more than I could ever imagine. It's 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 honestly become my my 
the best game I've ever played, my 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 favorite Zelda of all time, and possibly my favorite video game of all time. And you know, the idea of we're getting even more of this game this year with two expansions, and you know, the fact that I still haven't done all of the shrines, and I have this guide to unlock all of the secrets and the side quests. It's both uh, sort of intimidating, but it's also exciting. Mm -hmm. And mostly, I don't know if you feel this way, but as someone who creates stuff, you know, uh, podcasts and articles, playing this video game sort of attracts the creative part of my brain because I think of the people who worked on this the designers and the developers and, you know, the, the, the people who work on the translations. And it's just this beautiful piece of art. Yep. And and it, so much work went into it. It inspires me, not just as a player, but also as, you know, as someone who creates content on the internet for other people. I look at the latest Zelda and I'm like, imagine this crazy effort that went into making this game with hundreds of people. And it's a beautiful thing to to see as a as a product and of course it's also just a fantastic video game. <laughs>